Hello, everybody. Welcome to Late Night Football. Welcome to our transfer reaction show. But it's a little bit different because we're actually reacting to a player that probably has gone under the radar. I don't think anybody's going to be talking much about him. I don't think there's going to be any news about it. I don't expect a lot of views as well for this one, but I still wanted to do it because I really wanted to talk about it. And it's Axel Twanzibi. Um, Axel Twanzibi is someone who I actually followed right from the... He was actually a, a top prospect right from the time when Louis Van Hull was Manchester United manager, which is now about nine years ago. And he was started as one of the next big things to come out of the academy. As a lot of other players have been, uh, you know, there's, been, there's a litany of players who were supposed to be big for Manchester United and never made it. But this guy, um, you know, was still stand. There was a lot of buzz about around him at the time. And he was someone who was very special. And at the time when, you know, you had Timothy Fosumensa, you had Donald Love, you had uh, Varela, all of these guys were getting opportunities. Twanzebi was someone who would have also got an opportunity, except he got injured towards the end of that season. So therefore, he didn't actually make his debut until the following season where he's supposed to but he got injured and then Jose Mourinho came in and as Jose Mourinho does he put in lip service um, you know he talked about uh, you know how Excel is a special talent a fantastic talent and somebody you can't wait to work with and then that was in preseason of 2014 uh, no sorry 2016 that was in preseason of 2016 when he made those comments and as it turns out um, that was lip service he never played him much he didn't give him an opportunity. He played him maybe a couple of games in that uh, Europa League run. Maybe played a game in the League Cup as well. I'm not sure. Maybe made a few minutes. Um, but he didn't get much of a chance. Like most young players, you know, never get a chance. He also didn't get a chance. And ultimately, he kind of just, uh, you know, faded away. Went to Aston Villa after that for a year and a half on loan uh, towards the end of Jose Mourinho's tenure. And that's where he started to stand out, where you started to see the potential. You started to see the talent, the ability. And, um, you know, things were looking good. He comes back from loan, Solskjaer makes him a centre-back ahead of Smalling. He's one of the one of the reasons why Chris Smalling left was not just because Solskjaer wanted him to go, but also because he was basically told that Twanzee would be ahead of him in the pecking order and, and Smalling didn't want to stay and he, wanted, and he left. And, and you really thought things were looking bright for him and I had high hopes for him, of course, at that point because he had done so well at Villa. There was a little bit of an issue with injuries, but you always get that as, as a young player because you're just starting out, you're playing a lot of games in the championship. It's, it's relentless. Villa were in the championship in those days, of course. Now they're going to be in the conference league. But... Um, through all of that, he came through and then he he played a few games um, in 2019. He played a few games. Looked very good, by the way. He did uh, had some very good games, some outstanding performances. And we really thought the sky was the limit. And then he got injured. He got injured, you know, just as he was hitting his stride, he picked up an injury. It was a mysterious injury. I still, to this day, I don't I don't know what happened to him. And nobody knows what's, what, what the injury was or what happened to him. He kept getting setback after setback and pretty much missed the whole of the season. Missed three quarters of the season after he got injured just you know like after that he never played for that season again and you just thought well is that the end of his career and this is where the tragedy actually you see the tragedy is not in that injury because that injury happened and he came back from it he then had that game against Paris Saint-Germain in 2020 um a game where United were missing Maguire they were, I believe they're missing Lindelof as well Twanzibi steps in he's you know his first game in over a in almost a year this is his first game he's come in and he plays against PSG he's playing against He's playing away from home, by the way, as well. He's playing away from home. He's playing against Neymar, against Mbappe. And he keeps them both quiet. He puts in what I thought at that point was a career-making performance. I thought that this is something that he can build on, something that he can take with him and become a big player for Manchester United. I did a show with Angad after that on, on, on this channel. And I remember that. And I said to Angad, I said, Twanzibi is someone, if he stays fit, he could be part of the England squad for the Euros the, that, that summer, that coming summer. I thought if he could stay fit, he was going to be part of that England squad. That's how highly I rated him and that's how important that performance was because the kind of performance, you don't see those kind of performances often. It was fantastic. Um, and then the next game comes and he doesn't start that game. 
He doesn't start that game. He should have started that game. He doesn't start that game. And why he doesn't start that game? And I thought at first, okay, it's fine. He's just come back from a big injury. He's played 90 minutes against PSG. Maybe he's going to take it easy. That was a relentless season as well, by the way, 2020-21. It was a compressed season. There was all sorts of shit happening. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, that's fair enough. He doesn't want to start him. You know, doesn't want to start consecutive games. That's okay. So he doesn't start that game. Then Leipzig comes next. He doesn't start that one either. He doesn't start Leipzig. And I was like, what's going on? Why is he not? Is he injured? Something's happened. He's not injured. He's on the bench. He doesn't start him. And then the next start that he gets is against Besiktas, where obviously United end up losing that game, uh, which was totally, totally bad and totally embarrassing that defeat. I think he took the can for that. I mean, and, and it was bad management because why would you not play a player who's just had a fantastic performance? You keep him on the bench for three, four games, then you give him a start in a game like that against Besiktas. And, and, you know, obviously they lost that game. He took the can for it. I don't think he played badly, but he was the one, I think, who got blamed for that defeat. And then slowly he just starts to, you know, gradually never got to that level again, never reached that level again. Um, in and out of the side, in, the side, in and out of the side, in and out of the side. What happened also, which I think was interesting, was that I think in his in, the, in all his seconds, in all his final season, uh, second season, um, in fact, no, in that same season, in that same season, uh, what really happened was that um, he was basically being used as a last five, 10 minutes of impact sub. So he used to come on when United were leading 2 1, 1 0, he would come on for the last five, 10 minutes. Uh, and know United would go to a back five. And it was basically to see out the game. And inevitably, I think in all of those games, if not, if most of those games, but I think it was all of those games, but I'm not sure, maybe one or two he didn't, it, they, they would concede a goal. They could just concede a goal. It wasn't his fault, but they would concede a goal. Every time you would come on, United would go to back five, and then they would concede a goal. And it would, would be a draw or whatever, it would be a draw. Like they were winning, and they would concede a goal and it would end up being a draw. And that was so unfortunate. And I thought, this is just unbelievable why this guy is having to come on every time. And it's, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, no, you shouldn't really be bringing center backs on like that. That just doesn't work in, in the modern game. You don't just do that. Like with the last 10 minutes, you try to shut up shop and bring on a and not make it a back five, which is just. Uh, you know, it was just, it was just sad to see, and it just I, like I said, he never hit that level again after that game. There were a few good performances. He had a goal that he scored, which was taken out. The fact was that he could also play as a CDM, which United have been crying out for for so long to get a proper CDM. And here was a guy who could do that role. He had a passing ability to do it. Maybe you know, again, I must you know, and, and he never got the opportunity. And again, I'm not saying that he was going to be a world class CDM. I just meant that he was better than McTominay. He was better than Fred in that role, but he never got a chance to show it. He was. And when it comes to centre backs, and this is where the tragedy, you know, really is 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 bad, is because he was better than Harry Maguire, and he was probably better. He had a higher ceiling than than Victor Littlehoff. Yet because Solskjaer was too scared to drop Maguire, he couldn't drop Maguire, and he wouldn't drop Victor Lindelof because obviously, you know, Lindelof is the better is the better centre back than Harry Maguire. So how do you drop Lindelof when he's not played badly? So it just became a whole mess. And this is like a kind of a microcosm of that whole you know, situation. Again, this is not blaming Harry Maguire. This is not blaming um, somebody. I feel the blame lies solely on Oleg and the Solskjaer. Because a lot of people talk about Donny van der Beek and how badly he was treated. And he was treated badly. But it's nothing compared to what Tuan Zibi went through. Because as bad as Donny van der Beek was, he never put, or as bad as his treatment was, he never put in that kind of career-defining performance like uh, Tuan Zibi put in against PSG. He never did that. And yet, for some reason, he just took the can because... Solskjaer was too scared to drop Maguire, too scared to drop Lindelof. And by the time he gave him a chance, you know, that if you don't play regularly as a, as a young player, if you don't play regularly, then you lose rhythm. You need match rhythm. You need to play week in, week out. You need to make mistakes. You need to learn from those mistakes so you can you know, correct yourself, get better. You need to get into different kinds of situations. You need to get into good situations so you understand what you do when you're in those situations. You need to get into bad situations so you can understand what you, how you correct that. So that needs to happen. And you just have to see how Tyrell Melassia has come on this season, how Garnacho has come on this season. Both players have had ups both players have done downs but you know Tenag has used them pretty well and that's the difference whereas with the, you know when Ganacho played well 
it wasn't like he just went, oh yeah, okay, now you played one game, good, now go sit on the bench for like another, you know, five games and then I'll play you again. No, he just consistently gave him opportunities, 30 minutes here, 20 minutes there. He gave him that time. It's a little bit more difficult for centre-backs because obviously, you know, you can't, it's, you can't change centre-backs, centre-back pairings and you shouldn't change them. Um, in his case, I think he probably should have started a few more games and he should have been rotated a bit more into the, into the starting 11 because I, I really thought he could have done better and he was he was not old, like he was older than Garnacho. I think he was already 22 by that point, 22, 23 by that point. So, he was definitely older than Garnacho is now so he was ready for first team football it's just you know the manager didn't have faith in him and uh, sadly his career just whittled away he had a few opportunities I think towards the end of the 2021 season when uh, United went to that uh, Europa League final and um, he played a lot of games of course uh, Maguire I think was, was injured for that and so he was coming in I thought he should have started ahead of uh, Eric Bay. I thought he was better than Eric Bay in the games that they played but again you know experience wins out he played Eric Bay instead of Juan Sebi um, Bay was uh, you know one of, the, one of the culprits for that goal that Villarreal scored so you know again this is not to say that Juan Sebi would have been some world class centre back if he had played every game I just felt that he was never given a fair crack, crack of the of the whip uh, so to speak like he wasn't given a fair chance and that starts with silence me and I think by the time Ten Hag came in I think he was a lost cause for this season he has not played at all this season I think he might have played for the reserves but just been in and around the squad. There's nothing there. I mean, he's probably past it. And, you know, when you don't play for three, for, for, I think he's been there what now since 2019. So he's been there four years. He's, I don't think he's been played 50 games in those four years. So if you don't play, um, then you slowly lose that rhythm. You, you know, managers kind of just don't take notice. You don't, Your game doesn't develop, basically. And if your game do, doesn't develop, then the manager's new manager coming in will not look at you. So um, it's sad because I thought he had the potential to be something at Manchester United. A lot of players have that. And I thought he had that. Um, just never got a chance to show it. And that, that saddens me. And that's why I say, I always say this, I said, whatever people might say about Donny van der Beek and how badly he was treated by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, it is nothing. It's nothing compared to what happened to Axel Twanzebi. Anyway, let's hope he goes somewhere and rebuilds his career. You know, I don't think he'll ever be the player that he could have been, um, you know, which I thought he could have been in England international, uh, uh, you know, in, uh, in, a, in a starting centre-back for England. I don't think he'll ever get there. But hopefully at least he'll have a decent, you know, Premier League career or something of that sort. And, and that's all we can hope for. Anyway, all the best to him. Uh, do smash a like on this video if you enjoyed it. Um, do share your thoughts as well, um, you know, about Axel Twanzibi and about his career. I mean, there's others as well. Terrence Mengi now apparently, you know, again, had a player that was really talking for big things and apparently he's, he's nowhere to be found as well. So it seems to happen a lot in Manchester United. The talented youngsters just go to, that just go to, you know, and so, so many as they drain, it goes down the drain. But uh, anyway, share your thoughts. Thank you so much for watching. Do, do subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We always appreciate your support. We'll see you again for the next one. Take care. Bye-bye.